Welcome to Crime Quilts and Coffee. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Bren. And do you have anything you want to chat about before we get into our coffee review today? I'm not sure. I've had a lot going on this week. Yeah. Between the podcast and getting ready to go on vacation for the weekend. I feel like these past two weeks have just been insane. Yeah. I think this whole entire summer has been insane. Agreed. I mean, it's nonstop, but like to another level. I do, I've never been this busy in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, congratulations to Casey and Sarah. I don't yes. know if either of them listened to the podcast, but our other brother got married this past weekend. Yes, congratulations. It was a beautiful wedding. Everything was perfect. Yeah, and then Timo and I had another wedding the next night for one of Timo's friends, and we did not plan on staying over, and we ended up staying over and being up till three in the morning, and then I had to work the next day. I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. When you were like, no, I think we're going to leave at like 10 and not even dance. I was like, bullshit. She's (laughs) staying all night. (laughs) Yeah, I ended up dancing too. It was a really fun (laughs) wedding. (laughs) but so beautiful though I loved it oh that's awesome yeah you guys had fun do you have anything going on with you no my life has just been oh well I guess I can talk about this it's not very exciting I came home from work on Monday and immediately the smell of poop hits me Mm -hmm. right in the face and I was like oh my god and I walk in And there's, like, seven piles of poop, my dog's poop, all over my apartment. But not just poop. Diarrhea. Yeah. I have never in my life been like, what do I do? Where do I start? It was on my walls. It was on my furniture, on the carpets. I was freaking out. And I literally, it just actually came in the mail today. I bought a little carpet cleaner Uh because that stuff freaks me out. And I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. I felt so bad, though. She was really sad and, like, cowering in the corner. But she's feeling better now. And she's now staring out the window, longing for a walk. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what she's doing as soon as we're done recording. Yep, exactly. (laughs) But other than that, I just finished the book Verity. Did I talk about that? Yeah, you did. It's a Colleen Hoover book. I just finished it. I love it even more than the first one I read. I'm obsessed. Oh, my God. It's so good. So... I talked about It Ends With Us, which was more like of a romantic type of book. But this one was romance plus mystery plus crazy shit. Okay, good to know. Yeah, this one was really good. I breezed through it because it's just so good. And I ended up buying a Kindle because I was like, I think I'm going to read more. (laughs) (laughs) See, I am the type of person that prefers actual pages of a book. Yeah. And the feel of book in my hand. I could never read from a Kindle. So well, I thought I would too, but Carson goes to bed at nine o'clock every night and he's like, turn the lights off. Yeah. Okay. So the Kindle has a, like a light on it. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? This will work. I'm excited about it though. I wanted to briefly mention now that we're on the topic of books. Mm -hmm. Remember how I talked in a past episode about Karen Slaughter and how she's one of my favorite authors? Yes. Well, we had a listener reach out named Donna, and she suggested reading the Grant County series from Karen Slaughter. And she also let me know that the Grant County series leads into the Will Trent series, 
which is about to be made into like a TV show. I've heard of of these books. Yeah, so this is this is all Karen Slaughter. Oh my gosh, so, okay. Just some more suggestions for our listeners because I let Donna know that I'm going to try to snag myself a copy of this series to read on the beach this weekend. Ooh, good idea. Yeah. Love a good beach read. Can't go wrong. Cool. Well, that being said, should we get into the coffee? Yeah, let's do it. So today we are reviewing another coffee from Boo Coffee and Baking Company. We mentioned them last episode, actually. So go back to listen to last episode for their big spiel. Yeah, episode 98. We're getting close to 100. I know. I'm getting excited. What are we going to do for episode 100? The world may never know. We need to add in something special, I feel. Yeah, agreed. But okay, so the coffee, the place that we had talked about, as you know, when we do big spiels, that's the episode where we talk about their company, their website, all of their information, they're about me. But you know, you can go back and listen to episode 98 for that. Their website, again, if you wanted to check them out, is boosterdo.com. And it's spelled B-O-O-S-K-E-R-D-O-O.com. And their Instagram is just boosterdo. So check them out. They have a bakery as well, like I mentioned, and their stuff looks amazing. Yeah, we mentioned all their locations in the previous episode. They also list them on their Instagram if you're interested in looking at that. Yeah, so check them out. The blend that we are reviewing today is the Kos Jaish blend, and it is a Ethiopia heirloom blend. The Kos Jaish blend has notes of strawberry, milk chocolate, and it says whimsical. It's a light roast, and we had mentioned in the last episode that they have fun little pair with comments on the bags. So this one says, pair with planning a trip and dreaming of spring. I love that. Yeah, very cute. Yeah, I, I really like the little pair with things. That's adorable. Yeah. Again, I'm not drinking this coffee with any kind of creamer in it. I'm drinking it black this time. I have a little bit of oat milk creamer, but it's not flavored. I think I do taste a little bit of the strawberry note in it. I was just going to say, the second I took a sip of this without even looking at the notes, I was like, there's some kind of berry in here. Yeah, and for that, most of our listeners probably can already assume we're not massive fans of this one. Yeah. (laughs) Because we are not fruity coffee fans we've come to realize it's like a weird tang for me I don't know yeah I agree it's not that it's bad by any means it's just not par to my taste palette yeah agreed and this is a light roast again which we've also come to realize we're not giant fans of but Mm -hmm. it's a good coffee I can't really taste the milk chocolate note in it I really just taste the strawberry I think that's a little bit overpowering as far as like tasting the chocolate but I would probably rate this one a seven yeah I was thinking a six and a half seven for this one yeah it's just the strawberry like I said this coffee is better than the coffee that you're gonna get at Dunkin or at the grocery store but it's not one of my favorite coffees from a roaster or a coffee shop agreed I think that everything else I like about it it's not bitter by any means it's not hard to drink it's just the fruity notes of it that sets me off yeah and a little fun fact on their website 
they actually have a little note on the bottom saying, as always, your coffee will be roasted the same day we mail it to you. So you know you're getting fresh coffee, which is amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. So moving on to our episode? Yes. Okay. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. Today's episode was suggested by listener Alyssa. Thank you so much. She always sends in good suggestions for us to cover. So today's case, we are going to be covering the case of Lauren Hugelmeyer Phelps. A little bit of background. Lauren was born June 9th, 1988 in Los Angeles County, California. She was 29 at the time of this story, and she lived in Kentucky with her parents and two sisters. Her dad was named Dale, her mom, Lori, and her sisters were Beth and Brianna. She was very close with her family, especially her dad, Dale, and her sister, Beth. She had a pet named Cooper. I love that name for a pet. Yeah, that's really cute. So cute. Her family was also very religious and traditional. She was a member of Hope Lutheran Church, and she loved working with the children's in youth ministry. In 2007, she graduated from Swain County High School, and she later graduated from Appalachian State University. She also loved Star Wars and adored her nephews, saying that they, quote, were one of the most important parts of her life and that she was one proud Auntie Nini. Oh, my God. Aww. That is so cute. And that was actually a quote from her obituary. That is so sweet. That's really sweet. She worked as an auditor with Quaint Tiles, and she also ran a business through Sensi. She was described as being full of life. Aww. Moving on to Matthew and Lauren's relationship. Lauren met Matthew Phelps in middle school, and... The article that I read kind of said that they knew each other, but they weren't specifically friends. You know how you go through like grade school and middle school with people and you just like know of them, but you don't really hang out with them. Right. Not in the same friend group. Yeah. I kind of got the feeling that that's what was going on. Mm -hmm. They ended up going to different high schools and then Lauren eventually moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. Lauren and Matthew reconnected over Instagram in their 20s and began a long distance relationship Remember, Lauren is in North Carolina and Matthew is still in Kentucky. Matthew began visiting Lauren in North Carolina and moved there eventually actually to live with her. So she was the reason that he moved there. Wow. Lauren's family was supportive of this relationship, except for her father, Dale. And this is another little side note. Apparently the family, Lauren's family, said that they felt that the relationship was moving just very quickly even though it was long distance everything was moving very quickly right one night at lauren's family's house matthew admitted that he had been divorced prior to lauren her family was kind of thrown off by this because they never knew this one and because he was so young to already have been divorced which i don't know it is what it is but yeah they were kind of thrown off by him saying that because they didn't know it well also that's just kind of a way to spring it on someone. You're randomly with the family, maybe at family dinner or something, and all of a sudden you just decide to say, oh, hey, by the way, I was divorced. Right. So a little bit caught off guard. And why would you hide that until it's to that point and serious in the relationship? Right, where he's already moved in with her and stuff. Yeah. 
He said he got divorced because his ex-wife cheated on him during a missionary trip and then ended up staying with this guy that she cheated on him with. So Brooke Truitt, who is Matt's ex-wife, actually did an interview later on saying that this was not the reason why they got divorced. Wow. Really sketchy. She said the reason was actually because some of the same reasons Lauren and Matt ended up having marital issues, and we'll talk about those later. But, I mean, the common denominator is him. Right. Between the two. So despite this, Lauren and Matthew got engaged in 2015 and then married the following year in 2016. So we don't typically like to do this, but we are going to give a little bit of Matthew's childhood just so you can have some background knowledge on him and maybe why certain things or certain, and not that it excuses anything or really explains anything, but just so you have a little bit of knowledge. Matthew's childhood, he was raised by his grandparents. His mother was sometimes around and his father was never in the picture. In high school, he started trying different drugs, specifically coracetin, cough, and cold. Matthew and his friends frequently got high from the cough medicine. And his grandparents actually took him out of public school and transferred him to private school when they realized how bad this addiction was becoming. For a while, things were better, and he ended up graduating and going to Clear Creek Baptist Bible College in Pineville, Kentucky. Moving on to Matthew and Lauren's marital problems that Kelsey had just briefly mentioned, Matthew's mom and Lauren didn't get along, and that in general put a strain on the marriage. I had read in one article that his mom even showed up to Lauren's engagement party wearing a white dress. Yeah, I read that too. That's just so odd to me. And almost, it makes it seem like it was definitely intentional to either upset her or start a commotion or something. Yeah, I mean, definitely intentional. Everybody knows you don't wear white to somebody else's bridal event. Yeah. And also kind of took the attention off of her in a way, you know? Yeah, exactly. Lauren was a very hard worker and actually worked multiple jobs at some points in her life, whereas Matthew did not like to work and he couldn't keep a job. Red flag. Yeah, definite red flag. In the one article, it said that he would just randomly be like, okay, I'm leaving. For absolutely no reason. It's not even that he would get fired all the time. Sometimes he would just decide to quit. Right. And that's what I was thinking of initially. I was like, okay, he got fired a lot. He just didn't show up to work. But no, he just like kept quitting jobs. Yeah. Granted, maybe he did get fired from some, but right. still. Eventually, after many jobs that Matthew quit, he went back to college to become a pastor for their church. And it was mentioned that he did this in order to kind of keep Lauren happy and impress her in a way and save their marriage. Allegedly, Matthew would spend money like crazy on electronics and gaming equipment. He would steal money from Lauren's purse and almost drained their entire bank account. Fucked up. Yeah. On electronics and gaming equipment. Yeah, and I read somewhere in an article that at one point before their marriage, 
Lauren had saved up like $10,000 and right before this event happened, there was $1,000 left. Like he drained everything. That's insane. I would be fuming. Right? They were trying to save money to go to Disney World at one point because they both shared a love for Star Wars. But every time the money was saved, he would go and spend it. So That alone would make me be done. <laughs> right? How fucking frustrating. I want to go see fucking Chewbacca. <laughs> More so Harry Potter World at, Di- at, well, Universal. But, you know, you get the drift. That alone would literally, that that is a major red flag to me. I have a like, confession. What? I've never watched Star Wars. <laughs> I've only, I used to watch it a little bit when I was younger. I've definitely never seen them all. Yeah. I totally even forgot that Chewbacca was a character. (laughs) (laughs) He was my favorite with the ones that I did watch. So that's the only, (laughs) that's the only reason I mentioned him. (laughs) I'm definitely a Potterhead, not a huge Star Wars person. Yeah. But in general, even if it was a trip to somewhere else in the country, that is awful that you've been saving to have this trip together somewhere. And then he just spends all this money. Yeah, literally insane. Matt became close with a neighbor named Valerie and would spend a lot of time with her. This brought about questions of infidelity from him. And he would apparently get very jealous about Lauren having any guy friends, even guys that were at their church. That is such a sign of insecurity and another red flag. Oh, oh my God. It just screams toxicity. Right. And I feel that was definitely him gaslighting and he was really the one in the wrong of something and he was turning it on her to make it like she was in the wrong. I feel like those are such qualities of people who do things like this Mm -hmm. where maybe when you're in that relationship at the moment, you don't see it. But I know with a past toxic, awful, narcissistic, sociopathic relationship I had been in, that is exactly what was used against me at times. Right. And I was thinking of the same past relationship that I had, and it was the same exact thing. Yeah. And it's like they're... Yeah. It's like they're projecting. Yeah. They're the ones cheating or doing these awful things that they're accusing you of doing. And then you feel guilty for doing, like, normal things. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is fucking horrible. And I hope no one goes through that. Yeah. He was even worried that there was a guy at church that had feelings for Lauren. Mm -hmm. So who knows if this was true or not, but he definitely expressed this to her. Right. Lauren expressed wanting to leave Matthew multiple times to her family, but did not because she was so strong in her faith. And she had even said that he was super controlling over her that's so sad that and I'm not going to get into like the religious spiel but that that was the reason holding her back from leaving such a toxic relationship right just the idea of divorce yeah it's so sad yeah it it really is because no matter what and no matter who you believe in and what religion you believe in a religion should never be happy with you being in an abusive or toxic situation. Right. It's just horrible. Yeah. 
So moving on to September 1st, 2017, around 1 a.m., a 911 dispatcher got a call from Matthew and he was, quote, pretending to act delirious. And that was a quote from medium.com. He told the 911 dispatcher, and this is all a quote again from medium.com, quote, I had a dream and then I turned on the lights and she's dead on the floor. I have blood all over me. There's a bloody knife on the bed and I think I did it. I can't believe this. I can't believe this. I don't even know what time it is. Yeah, I can see her. She's 29. She's not breathing. Oh my God. And then crying is in parentheses. I took, I took more medicine than I should have. I took, I took coracetin cough and colds because I know it can make you feel good. A lot of times I can't sleep at night. End quote. I just can't even comprehend this whole 911 call. No. Not at all. Like your excuse for finding your wife dead being that you took cough medicine. Mm -hmm. Or even overdosed on cough medicine. And just rationalizing that like, oh, I take it because I can't sleep at night. Maybe that's why I killed my wife. I think I did. Right. Like what? Yeah, that's unreal. Police arrive at the scene and Lauren was pronounced dead at the hospital. The autopsy report revealed that she was stabbed and slashed 123 times. I'm sorry. If he was under the influence of cold medicine, you would wake up or snap out of it during sometime during those 123 times of stabbing. How is it even possible to do that 123 times? And then not to mention the the 911 dispatcher saying, you know, use him saying to the 911 dispatcher, um, I think she's dead. What? Yeah. It's overkill. Yeah. A hundred percent. Most of these stabbings were around her upper body and head, but there were some on her arms as well. And some wounds were actually four inches deep. Which again, if he actually was drugged or in some kind of daze, you wouldn't have the strength, let alone you'd be so out of like, I feel like you're you wouldn't be stabbing someone that deep. Yeah. I mean, that's a two ha- that's I feel like that's a two hand type of situation. Like, right. I don't and, think about that, but it's horrible. Right. And clearly she had defensive wounds where I feel like he wouldn't be that out of it to do this 123 times is what it comes down to. The crime scene at the house looked like it was almost staged because of how everything was laid out. The cough syrup was on the bathroom counter. The knife was laid perfectly on the bed. And Matthew had almost no blood on him other than what was on his shoes and a couple of drops on his shirt. So obviously he cleaned himself or showered or something after the attack happened. Right. Meaning he cleaned up before he even called 911. Right. He was not just waking up saying, I found I, I found her like this. Right. And it's funny how he says exactly where the knife is. And he says, I have blood all over me. But really, there's not blood all over him. Right. At the point that the call happened. Mm-hmm. Matthew was very emotionless when the police came. And Matthew and Lauren had been married for less than a year when she had been murdered. 
That is so sad. It's horrifying that people could do this to somebody that somebody that they're married to. I I just I, I can't comprehend my brain. I know. And this poor woman was worried about divorcing him because of her religion. And look at what he did. Yeah. Oh, God. So moving on to Matthew's motives, not that there's really anything that is justifiable for what he did. Police ended up finding Matt's journal and he wrote about his insecurities in the marriage with Lauren. He said he felt like he didn't fit in with her family either. Not a reason to kill someone. I mean, Jesus, like, leave her or, I mean, yeah. that is horrifying that, that you is, can even say that. That is absolutely disgusting. Just the thought process behind that, that's a completely irrational mind. Yeah. Police also interviewed another neighbor that Matt was friends with, and this person said that they bonded over similar struggles of anxiety and depression She said that his talk of suicide and death became more apparent towards the end, like right before he had murdered Lauren. And I had also read in one article that this neighbor became really disturbed by him at some point when he had sent her a video of someone cutting someone's eyes out. What the fuck? I would say... That's more than disturbing and not to put any blame on them, but they probably should have called the police or some kind of mental health system for him. Right. If anything, I mean, it makes it seem like this was premeditated. He definitely was looking into deep, dark things and having very dark thoughts. So fucked up. Matt had a secret Instagram as well called Marty underscore radical. He talked on this account about the devil and demons, and the photos on the account were often screenshots of the movie American Psycho. This was his favorite movie, and he loved the lead character, Patrick Bateman. The night before Lauren was murdered, Matt posted a photo on this Instagram account with the caption, quote, everyone thinks I'm a serial killer, hashtag found an angel to kill. I just got chills all over my body. If that doesn't scream premeditation, I don't know what does. Like, that is so horrible. Did he have followers on this account? Yeah, actually, there was a couple hundred followers or maybe a hundred. Something very minuscule. But he had, like, 96 posts on this as well. Did they, like, think this was an American Psycho fan page? Or did they... I I don't understand how people don't take that kind of stuff seriously. Like you follow an account unless there are, unless it was people that were as disturbed, but that's really scary. And that was a quote from medium.com again. So during the trial, Matthew initially pleaded not guilty. And it was argued that Matt knew what he was doing during the murder. Obviously. Right. Prosecutors used the previously stated information as evidence, meaning all his motives and stuff that we listed and all the things that they found on the Instagram and in his journals and whatnot. They also discussed his phone's search history. Matt had typed questions into his phone, such as, quote, how loopy does Cora Seedon make you? 
What? And have other people been high from Coruscant? So he clearly premeditated the idea as well as killing her that he was going to use being high from Coruscant as his excuse. Right. He was basically looking into seeing how plausible it was as an excuse for murdering somebody. Right. Like, could you actually get that fucked up where you would be out of your mind and do something like this? Oh, my God. And that was also a quote from medium.com. These questions were searched before the murder occurred. A luminol test had also been done around the apartment, and there were traces of blood everywhere, including all over the bathroom. This proved that Matt had cleaned up the scene before authorities and emergency services arrived. When would he have had time to do this if he had called 911 right away after the murder? Obviously, he cleaned up before he even called for help. Right. And I read in an article, I can't remember the exact timing, but it was very, very quickly between the time he was on the phone with the 911 dispatcher to the time that they arrived at the house. Yeah, I had read that it was about 15 seconds. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure on that. So I didn't say it. But yeah, you're right. It was 15 seconds, which is so fast props to them. And they obviously went there as quickly as they could with the intention of hoping that she was still alive. Right. So clearly, you don't clean up a crime scene in 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. Again, proving that this was all premeditated. He wasn't under the influence of cold medicine, and he literally took his sweet time before he called for help. And pretended like he had just woken up. Yeah. The defense basically just used Matt's character as their argument as to why he couldn't have intentionally done this. I guess they had nothing else to go off of, which they, I mean, how else do you defend this person? Mm Mm-hmm. They said it wasn't in his character to do something like this, and they also said that he was unstable and depressed, and therefore in a mindset unlike his own. That's fine. Most unstable and depressed people don't murder other people. I think, like you said, that's really the only thing they could possibly say to defend this man. Right. Originally, his story that he had been in a drugged state from the cough syrup was going to be his defense, but had to be thrown out the window after toxicology reports came back during the hearing. This is a quote from thewartburgwatch.com. Quote, the blood level of coracetin in his blood was so low that it would not have caused dizziness or hallucinations. This man is a fucking idiot. He's so fucking stupid. Which is like the kindest thing we could possibly say about him. Honestly. Some of Matt's co-workers also sent character witness letters backing up this side of things. During court proceedings, it was revealed that Matt's ex-wife had visited Lauren at some point to discuss the marriage issues that she had been experiencing with Matt. The ex-wife told Lauren that aside from the money problems, there had been an incident when Matt had thrown the ex on the bed and held her arms down in a rage. She said she divorced him after this happened. I have chills all over my body. Mm-hmm. Same. And props to her for trying to warn Lauren about this horrible person because not many people would have the balls to do that. Right, especially when 
she knows how he could be. Right. Apparently, it was also made known that, quote, Phelps had discussed his interest in learning to see what it felt like to kill someone on social media. This was in conjunction with his focus on American Psycho. And again, that was a quote from the WartburgWatch.com. October 5th, 2018 is when the trial ended. Matt accepted a plea deal in exchange for the death penalty being taken off the table. This plea deal was discussed and approved by the family ahead of time. Thank God. Yeah, that made me really happy when I read that because I feel like that's such a tricky situation and it should always be done in the best interest of the family. Right, agreed. And the fact that they were behind it is the least that the courts could have done, you know? Yeah. During this plea deal, he also admitted that the cough medicine alibi was a lie and that he had pretended to be out of it during the 911 call. He's disgusting. Absolutely horrible. He pled guilty to first-degree murder, and he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He's currently incarcerated at the Mari Correctional Institution in Hookerton, North Carolina. If anyone wants to write him letters about what a piece of shit he is. Feel free. Yeah. Fucking disgusting human. So moving on to something happy, which we typically try to do if possible. Lauren's family helps to raise awareness for abusive relationships and domestic violence. They created an organization called Lauren's Light. I couldn't really find a website for this. I tried looking for it. And the one that was originally, I think, the website for it, it was like laurenslight.org or something. That webpage is down for some reason. So hmm. I don't I don't know if there's a Facebook for it or whatnot, but I couldn't really find anything. Okay. There were 50 members of Hope Lutheran Church, which was Lauren's church, that were at the sentencing hearing in support of the family. Wow, 50 people? Yeah, of this church. And many were wearing Lauren's light t-shirts. Oh. The judge commented that he had never seen so many supporters at a sentencing. Oh my god, that makes my heart hurt. I know. Let alone, I feel like there's been situations that we've heard about or potentially covered on this podcast where maybe the victim doesn't get backing from their church or place of religious practice when they feel or felt like those people should have been there for them. You know what I mean? Right. And it's incredible to see that there were literally 50 people supporting Lauren's family. Right. It just shows how much of an impact she made on these people's lives and how involved she was with this church. And it really just makes my heart sad for her. I know. And an important way to end this case, because sadly, this is how it ended. If you or someone you know may be in a dangerous relationship, domestic violence, or an abusive relationship, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or go to thehotline.org where you can find a bunch of information to help you or someone you know, and we will include that number and that link in our show notes for anyone who needs it. 
Yes. Uh, so pass that information along to anybody you might know that would need it, like Bryn said. Yeah. So anything else we want to say to close out this episode before we get into our spiel? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, other than the fact of potential new merchandise is being talked about. So think about yeah. that. <laughs> Send us some suggestions of what you would like to see on it, if possible. Yes. If you like our graphics that were created for our summer merch that we had embroidered on things, if you don't know what the hell we're talking about, go check it out on our Instagram shop or our tab that we have on riotbabe.com because we still have summer merch left and stuff that can be worn in fall, under a flannel, under a sweatshirt, whatever. And especially for spooky season. Yes, especially for spooky season. And we are going to be using these graphics unless we get some other suggestions from you guys. Yeah, so let us know if there's any quotes or things that you guys have been thinking about. In the past, our listener Johnny has mentioned that she wanted mugs and we did it. So you say the word. <laughs> yeah. Just don't go too, too overboard. We might not be able to achieve it. (laughs) (laughs) But we're very excited. We have ideas of what we want to put it on. It's just we need to know what graphic. And hopefully that'll be uh, in the works soon. For sure. And should we get into our spiel? Yes. So you know where to find us on Facebook at Crime Cults and Coffee and Instagram as well on Crime Cults and Coffee. Facebook is where we post our weekly resources and photos from every episode. And our Instagram is where you can find pictures that we post every week about the episode. And also in our bio is our link tree. And you can go on there. And that's where all of our listening platforms are. So check it out. Yep. If you have a case suggestion or a listener story, you can DM us at Crime Colts and Coffee on Instagram. Or you can send us an email at crimecultsandcoffee at gmail.com. We have so many case suggestions that we have to catch up on. I have them all written down in my phone. Same. And we have to take them off one by one. We're trying. We will get there. Yeah. Among the ones that we come across that we feel are really important to like insert in between your suggestions here and there. So we're trying our very best. Yep. Also, if you like our podcast, you can really help us out by leaving us a five-star rating or whatever you prefer and a review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't have Apple Podcasts on any listening platform of your choice, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe, and that will let you know when a new episode comes out each week. Yup. And... What are you going to do now, Kels? Go walk Bixby? Yeah, um, she's been staring outside longing for a walk. <laughs> so um, we're going to do a nice little walkie. And now she's looking at me with her head sideways. And yeah, that's okay. it. Okay. I have to go pack for this weekend as well. So until next week. Have a good week, guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
For more information regarding this case and our resources, follow us at Crime Cults and Coffee on Instagram and Facebook.